0: deep fellowship with you, not just an average relationship. We're born of your spirit. We're sons and daughters, heirs of yours, and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer on the outside looking in, but we have been engrafted into the very life of Jesus himself. Holy Spirit, bring to us revelation. Bring to us wisdom. Stir in our hearts an expectation of things to come as we walk out life with you, to see it totally different that when we live life apart from you, bound by sin, but now the righteousness of God and your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and direct us. For that, we're thankful, and Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place, that each and every one would have an encounter with you in such a way that it can only be you. They experience your presence. They experience your power. For whatever they need, deliverance or freedom or healing, strength or wisdom, you provide all those things freely to us as we have a relationship with you. So work what only you can work. Restore that which the enemy has endeavored to steal or to destroy. I thank you that you are the restorer of all things. Thank you for utterance. To speak as we ought to speak and give us ears to hear what you're saying we truly might experience change and transformation so we move out of in this natural realm one year into the next that we have great expectation of the year to come that the things of the year will change because we are being changed amen. by the power of God spirit and the word and so we do thank you for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and life by your word and by your spirit in Jesus mighty and matchless and majestic name we pray amen, amen. morning church How are you this morning? It is a great day to be alive. It's a great day to experience the life of God. It's a great day to be with you. And uh, you know, I've said this before, but if we could really realize that right here, right now is amongst the greatest gatherings on the face of the earth. There's a lot of people watching different uh, network channels and watching people gather together in stadiums, but God is watching the gathering together of his church. And uh, God has a great plan of victory for you. And so though we watch and we're wondering if our team's gonna win, God is looking down and saying, For everyone who will believe in the sacrifice of my son Jesus, they receive victory. And so you are a victorious people in a stadium of life in which God has already provided you the victory. Amen? So look at somebody next to say, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you can be seated. Praise the Lord told the first service, you know, I have a lot of things going on. I'm just so thankful. Uh, You know, you can have a lot going on in a week. Uh, I know you do, probably more than I do on a normal basis. This week, some things caught us by surprise. Things happened. You know, but to to pause in the middle of it and to look unto him, you realize he never changes. My week wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It got all Upside down, but you know what? When I stopped, he's the same. He didn't get shook up. He didn't change. He didn't turn around and go another direction. He was exactly the same. Yeah. Provides everything the same. And so, I mean, I, I, you know you know that. I just always rejoice in it. I'm like, wow, this week is running away. It's, you know, we're colliding with things, but just take a moment, take a deep breath. Hi, Jim and Vicki. You really meant you'd see me soon. <laughs> Great to see you. Praise the Lord. Um, They thought they could get away from here, but they can't do it. Um, Praise the Lord. We have Jim's book in the bookstore. You can buy that for somebody for Christmas. It's a novel he wrote, filled with faith and power, and uh, it'll get you stirred up. If you read that book, it'll stir you up for signs and wonders and miracles. So awesome Christmas present. What? It's called The Hoax. And so uh, just ask somebody in the bookstore. They can lead you to that. But um, anyway, good to see you. Uh, Commercial message for him, which really just goes along with what I was saying, uh, you know, just stop, and he's the same, and it's just awesome. Um, but also throughout that and seeing him, you know, I just a lot is uh, in my heart going on. And so this is going to be the proverbial shotgun Sunday or barbed wire Sunday, however it is. So let yourself get hit with at least a BB or get hung up on a point and uh, take it home, and, and God will bless you and uh, keep you. Amen. So I want to just give you something to, to think about uh, couple weeks ago came on this thinking about 2022. And so as a church, if we can maybe jump on this, the 65th Psalm, it's just really powerful. And uh, we look at verse one, it says, praise is awaiting you, O God of Zion. And to you, the vow shall be performed. And so really, if we start off right now and move into 2022, and we begin to praise God for who he is and begin to recognize we have a covenant vow with him. We gave our life To Jesus, he gave his life to us, and we have this great place. Verse 2, it says, O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. So we know as we enter into our time of praying into the new year, God hears our prayer. First John says if we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. We have the petitions that we ask of him. Verse 3, it says, Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. So no matter what you think about the last year, Jesus' blood was shed to wash you clean, so the prayers that you're looking forward can be there. Verse 4, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts, and we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your holy temple. You're just wondering, he's granted you access. Verse 5, it says, by awesome deeds and righteousness, you will answer us, O God, of our salvation. You who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far-off seas, who establish the mountains by his strength, being clothed with power. You who still the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Anybody had any noise happening? Thank God. He stills the noise. Verse 8, they also who dwell in the farthest parts are afraid of your signs. You make outgoings of the morning and the evening. So listen, there's going to be people who aren't going to like what God's about to do. But uh, he starts the day, he ends the day. And we get to rejoice. Verse 9. You visit the earth and you water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. There's going to be an outpouring and a harvest like we've never seen. Verse 10. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. Again, he's speaking of harvest. Now listen to this. I love this. Put it on your mirror somewhere. You crown the year with your goodness. Come on. We look at 2022 and say, all right, God, we're worshiping you. We're resting upon you. You crown your year with goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness, and the hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with the flo- with flocks. The valleys are, are covered with grain. They shout for joy, and they also sing. I'm telling you what, when you begin to see what God is doing, he crowns this year, his paths drip with abundance, he's drawing together his flocks and his herds, it's time to rejoice and to sing. Not to look forward and go, what's going to happen, but to look forward and know God's crowned this year with his goodness. Amen? And there's harvest in that because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And so as we celebrate the goodness of God, as we prepare for harvest... In 2022, and we sing and we shout with joy before God, um, praise the Lord, we're going to see many, many lives be changed by the power of God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That will be more than just a golf clap when you begin to see your loved ones come into the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. You say, well, you you just did that. You just got people to make noise. Yes, I did. And you're not going to make me feel bad about that, all right? Because it's that shout before something happens that brings the wall down. It's that faith celebration that caused things to happen. If we wait till we see it, you'll wait a long time. But if you see it and rejoice, it'll manifest in your life. All right. I want to, somebody sent me this, this quote just to prepare you for Christmas. That was just one barb on the barbed wire fence, <laughs> Psalm 65. Here's another barb. All right. <laughs> This is by Stuart Briscoe. He said this, the spirit of Christmas, as we're thinking about it, you know, we love Christmas, but listen to this. The spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual. The spirit of Christ is eternal. Spirit of Christmas is sentimental. The spirit of Christ is supernatural. The spirit of Christmas is a human product. The spirit of Christ is a divine product person makes all the difference in the world so as we celebrate Christmas let's celebrate the spirit of Jesus Christ amen Amen. praise the Lord told the first service see I'm learning to use my phone more and more because that's what the young people do and I got stirred because somebody gave me a coffee cup this week that said and had its little flag on it old lives matter (laughs) so I'm going to start a new movement We'll get our own T-shirts, our own flags, our coffee cup. So anybody who wants to join my movement, Old Live Matter, get ready. Open your Bibles with me to John, the first chapter. John, the first chapter. Uh, as we really enter into the next few weeks uh, looking at Christmas and really celebrating the spirit of Jesus Christ within that Christmas, you know, we're looking at so many things. We're looking at the really the beginning of the end. We're looking at the beginning of a life of fellowship with God by grace. We're looking at the end of the rule of the law. It all comes through this baby Jesus Christ. But when we look at that, we see that in the birth, we also look forward to the death, burial, and resurrection. And in all of that that we see, there's an eternal purpose in all of it. So we don't want to just get stuck, although we celebrate and we see the manger and we love the songs and all that. All of it is leading to to an understanding of the transformation that takes place because God put on flesh and dwelt among us. And in that human form, he lived a sinless life. He was anointed by the Spirit of God to demonstrate to us how a man or a woman anointed by God without sin ruling their life can live in full and dominate And have authority over the power of the enemy. So that was his example. Then he bore our sin, our sickness, our disease, our poverty. bore everything that sin did to us in his own body on the tree. He paid the penalty. He went to hell. Three days later, he raised from the dead victorious. And his resurrection is our resurrection from the deadness of sin. Then he ascended on high, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he sent His Holy Spirit, not just to be with us, but to live in us, to empower us to do something incredible in our life. Not just live throughout this lifetime in the flesh till we die and get to go to heaven, but to experience his power, his presence, his goodness, his wisdom, his healing, his anointing on a daily basis as we fellowship with him. But you can't have any of that without him being born as a human being. So John 10 says it like this the shepherd came in through the door of the sheep. What does that mean? It means he came in through childbirth. He came in as one of us. The enemy did not. He came in a different way. He was a deceiver. He was a liar. But Jesus came in amongst us in truth to demonstrate God's plan for humanity. And so it's just awesome what took place. So John chapter 1, verse 1, he says this. Um, I know what it says. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. Man, that's incredible. In him was life. A different kind of life and a different quality of life. Not a sinful life that brought death, but eternal life with God. It says, this life that was in him was the light of men. In other words, the life that was in him was to bring revelation to mankind that this was God's plan. Not to be bound by sin, not to be overwrought, not to see death and destruction, but to see relationship with God and to see eternal life for what it was. Jesus reflected that to all men, and it said, and his light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So you could look at this two ways, you could look and understand that when he walked the Earth, many people did not comprehend who he was or what he was doing. Thus he went to the cross. But other translations says that he was the light in the midst of darkness, and the darkness could not overmaster it could not overmaster it. That's important for us to understand as we live our life and understand what this baby, Jesus Christ, came to the earth for when it relates to us. And that was to give us life and give us life to the overflow. And Jesus said that we are to be the light of the world. In other words, we're supposed to take that same life, that same understanding of eternal life And be able to show that forth in our world, and our world and the darkness that's in our world cannot overmaster the life of God. In other words, whatever's going on on the outside cannot be greater than what's going on on the inside if you are a child of God. Come on, I know it's easy to get overwhelmed and say, I know, Pastor, that just doesn't work for me. But it does work for you, because if it works for one, it works for all. The moment we slip out of our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we drop down into a revelation of our spirit, we realize that truly greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that churning on the inside of us, that life, begins to strengthen and quicken and make alive your mortal body in ways that nothing else can, because it's supernatural life that's been given to us. And so this baby that was born was everything that God had declared to humanity concerning his salvation. This baby in the manger, this humble beginning was a manifestation of all that God promised. And so verse 14, it says, then this word that was in the beginning that nothing consisted or existed without the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us the word became Emmanuel, God with us. Not God apart from us, not God off in heaven somewhere, God with us. And he came to be with us to fulfill something even greater so that when he paid the price for us and ascended on high, we could recognize that because he came to be with us and did what he did, now we celebrate God in us. God in us. Because Jesus put on flesh and came to be with us, we get to celebrate God in us. So you look and you go, wow, look at that. Jesus came. He was in the manger. We take that next step in celebrating and saying, because he did that, where he was just with, he came to be with us, where God was afar off, where he was in the holy of holies, couldn't be approached by any man, and the priest had to, to, to have blood on his thumbs and everywhere to come in for the sacrifice of mankind. God was separated by this veil. Jesus came to be with us, and the veil was rent from top to bottom to say, the law is over. God's no longer in a, in a closet somewhere. He's no longer in the holy of holies from the earth perspective. But Jesus has destroyed the work of the law, and now he's brought grace to bear, and not Only is he with us, has he been with us, but he ascended on high, sent the Holy Spirit to live in you. And in that place that he is in you, and he's in me, he's in there to birth things of the Spirit concerning what God's called you to do. Jesus was a promise from the ages until he came. And that promise was fulfilled. In this time of Christmas that we talk about. But because of that, he's come to live in us that promises that come through Jesus Christ might be fulfilled in your life and in my life on a regular basis and moving forward. So, as we began to move from this time into 2022, I love Christmas at this time because it's at the end of the year. We get to look and say, whatever the year looked like, thank God for Jesus. (laughs) Thank God for the blood. Thank God for forgiveness. And because I don't have to carry whatever mistakes I made into 2022, I get a fresh new look at that which is to come, a hope of the days to come. Instead of looking back, I get to look forward. So when we look at Christmas, we're like, yeah, but this was a rough year. We can look and say, but because of Jesus, I can put it behind me. I can begin to look forward to what God has planned. Turn over to Luke chapter 1. Verse 26, we're just going to start here this week and next week, share just a little piece of the Christmas story, try to make some things apply to us, and I hope it registers something that will help you move uh, really into the future with great hope. I believe this next year, as I said, is going to be crowned with his goodness and dripping with abundance, That we're going to see some things happen in our life that are are mind-blowing, That we see them, we begin to look at them and and see how God creates abundance. And when we talk about abundance, thank God for whatever you're believing God for. But I believe in abundance of people around you coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. As we begin to understand that God has a plan for our life and he wants to bring that forth through us. It's not just for us. We get to enjoy what God's doing in us, but what he wants to do through us is for people who don't know him, or for people who are struggling, or for people who are sick or bound. And the power that he brings through us is to bring healing and deliverance and salvation and freedom and wholeness. I mean, we are his body in the earth today. That's not just a uh, cliche or words to a song, it's his plan. Yeah, that right. he's the head and we are his body. And there's a loss in a dying world around us everywhere. And if we're not careful, we get overwhelmed by it. We get overwhelmed by the news of the day. We're like, my God, where are you? Look at the world. And he says, I am in you. You ever watch the news and thought, God, where are you? Well, listen real carefully. He'll probably say, I'm in you. God, why don't you do something? He says, well, I'm in you. Why don't you do something? I believe he's saying that to us, the church. It's time for the church to understand not... Legalistically, what can we try to do for God, but to realize God wants to empower us to do something incredible for somebody who's lost and doesn't know him. To ring the dinner bell of salvation, so to speak, to know that healing exists today and deliverance is to come. Verse 26, it says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Verse 29, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Might highlight that, underline that, found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Highlight and underline, conceive. Conceive. Call his name Jesus. Verse 32. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Verse 36, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for who her, who, her was called... <laughs> the interpretation to that tongue is for who her was called barren. Who was called barren. I can't even get that right. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And most all of us know this story. This is really the the beginning of the Christmas story, how, how God came and appeared to Mary and said, you're going to bear a son. As we said, we look at this and we understand the principle that God had a promise and he had to bring that promise into the earth and it was Jesus Christ. But through Jesus Christ, we have promises. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter uh, 1, verse 20 says, The word of God is not yes and no, but it is yes. In Christ, all the promises of God have their yes and their so be it in Christ. And so there's promises throughout the word. That Jesus Christ fulfilled for us, but that God wants to bring to pass in your life and in my life. And I believe the, the bringing to pass of those promises in us and through us follows a process that we see right here in the word of God. And as we move forward into life, no matter what's happened to you, whatever, <coughs> excuse me, situations may have been tragic, they may have been hurtful. But you're looking and saying, whether it was five years ago, 10 years ago, you're moving forward, you had a rough uh, 20, uh, 21, but to be able to say, listen, God, I know you have a plan for my life, and begin in to get into the, the word of God, and begin to look at the word and, and pray, having your Bible sitting right next to you, so that God can begin to make the word alive to you. Because if he can make it alive to you, he can make it life to you. Sometimes we look at the word, and even though we're in the New Testament, we look at the word and go, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to do that. That's going to be so difficult, and we make it law. We make it something that we're going to try to do that we cannot do by ourselves. But the moment we receive it and understand it, it becomes life. i used this analogy before. I believe it's always an important analogy because it's very difficult for us at times that we've been hurt. We read the Bible. The Bible says, forgive. If you don't forgive, God can't forgive you. And that grips us, and we're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to forgive. I don't know. And we try to forgive, and then all of a sudden, something comes back. We found out we haven't forgiven, and we try to forgive. But if we just absorb it by the power of the Holy Spirit, we find out, I'm just going to release them, and I forgive. And all of a sudden, you begin to live a life of forgiveness. You live a life that the power of the Holy Spirit helps you not have anything against anyone. And all of a sudden, when something, there's always something that you can pick up against someone. I was telling the staff the other day, um, you know, we got up in the morning, it snowed. And so, you know, right out out of the gate, you know, uh, Tasha said, did you turn the snow melt on? I said, no. She said, I told you it was going to snow. I said, well, I went to sleep. (laughs) She said, here was your opportunity. It hasn't snowed. It was your opportunity to see your snow melt work. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, you know trouble to walk, so I go out there and my, get my snowblower, and so, you know, I have to get practiced, you know, I'm getting a little older, and so I have to practice up, because we have cracks in our driveway, and so I'm, I'm running the snowblower, and I hit a crack, and then I have to lift it over the crack. Once I get good at it, I'll know exactly where to tip it, and I'll just, I'll cruise, but I kept, hit, kept hitting that crack, low, and I didn't know she was watching me, which <laughs> is kind of a shaky thing. Ugh. You know, I like to have finesse. It wasn't so much finesse. So I get done. I come in. She goes, what's wrong with the snowblower? Is it not working right? I said, no, it's working great. She goes, why did it keep stopping? I said, it didn't stop. It just kept hitting the cracks in the driveway. (laughs) Oh. So she waited a while. She said, so is that going to break the snowblower? I said, no. (laughs) Well, is it going to break the driveway? No. I'm going to practice, and I'll get it down. But right then, I'm thinking... And really, right on the inside of me, because this is what God's working in me. She didn't do anything wrong. She was just asking questions. But the enemy was trying to stir something in me. And it just came up. Don't you do this. Don't have anything against anybody. Not anything against anybody. See, we let it go until it's something big. He said, nothing against anybody. And I started driving to work. I'm like, you know, that was not a big deal for me to just maybe say something there. He says, I don't want you to have anything against anybody. And we were having an office gathering. And he said, you know. If you have that, then she's going to come to the office, and you're already going to have a chip on your shoulder, and then it's going to progress. Don't give him any place, nothing against anybody. So we start off with forgive this big deal, but he says, I don't really have anything against anybody. Why? Because he wants it to become life to us. He wants it to become a lifestyle that when the enemy tries to poke us to get us offended, he can't do it. Not because we're trying so hard, but he can speak to us, and it becomes life to us. Come on. It doesn't matter what it is, what you're dealing with, that the enemy keeps doing it. He doesn't want you to struggle. He wants it to become life to us. So as we pray and we absorb the word, we start getting the word. God's going to start speaking to you by the Holy Spirit through the word. And one of the first things that he's going to say to you is he's getting ready to give you something that is promised to you to fulfill, and he's going to have to tell you no matter where you've been, what you've done, you are favored of God. No matter how you're feeling from wall to wall, just know this. No matter what mistake you've made, where you've been, you're favored of God. Well, God can't favor me. I just messed up yesterday. Listen, through Jesus Christ, he showed his favor. You didn't deserve redemption. He sent Jesus. And the Bible said if he would send Jesus, how would he not with him freely give you all things? Now, listen, the moment that you know you're favored, it's important for you to know you're favored by God. Right? I'm God's favorite. How can that be? Tasha's is God, Tasha is God's favorite. We could argue a lot over that. She'll say, I'm God's favorite. No, you're not. I'm God's favorite. Well, how can you be God's favorite? Because I'm God's favorite. We're all God's favorite. I'm not just saying that lightly. You need to know. Because the greeting of the angel to Mary was, you're highly favored. And she's like, I don't know what to take from that. She said, listen, you found favor. What does that mean? God's about to fulfill a promise in you for humanity that hasn't been fulfilled yet. In other words, it's not a work. It's a privilege to have God birth, grow, and complete a promise in you. It's a privilege to have God birth, grow, and produce, bring to fulfillment a promise in you. Sometimes we're like, oh, my God, God's going to ask me to do something. What a privilege that God would favor us and give us a divine assignment. So you got to realize, wow, I'm favored by God. God's about to do something big. When you're praying, all of a sudden you get, oh, I don't know. Just let it go. You're highly favored of God. He's about to talk. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I can do that. Just stop. You're highly favored by God. It's the number one point you want to put down today. As you're praying, ready to move to the future, you are highly favored by God. So he comes and he says, listen, God's about to fulfill a promise in you. And it's the promise of the Messiah. Wow. She's like, how in the world can this be? I believe that as we're praying and we're beginning to look forward to what 2022 has to offer, and we begin to look, and God's going to do something big. He wants to stir something bigger than you've ever done before. He wants to start a process to move you forward and create transformation in your life. And when he starts to show you, you're going to go, what? Wait a minute. So once you know you're highly favored, secondly, you have to be able to conceive what God wants to do in your life. So what was going to happen is by the Holy Spirit, Jesus was going to be conceived in her womb. But really before that happened, she had to conceive in her mind that she was favored of God and God was about to do something big in her. But not only in her, what he was going to do in her was going to come through her to change the world, What God is about to do in you, if you'll let it be produced, he's going, about, he's going to move it through you to change the lives of people forever. He's going to show you significance in you and around you. If you'll let him, he'll show you places like, why am I, in the, why am I at this job? And he'll start to open up and show you, I have you here for a reason. Because these people need what I'm doing in you. So you have to conceive it. You have to get a picture of it. For your life, what is it that you might not know what God is doing? It might be your family. It might be your marriage. You're saying, uh, you know, how how is God going to fix my marriage? How is God going to take my teenager that's gone away from God and bring them back to God? How is he going to prosper my life? How is he going to heal my body? How is he going to deliver me from this addiction or this worry? How can this be so? And the first thing that you're going to have to do is be able to conceive it or picture it. I, mean, I don't know if you, you remember, you know, back uh, some years ago, um, you know, we, we, we had vision boards. We had, we'd stick uh, uh, scripture on our mirror. Why would we do that? To begin to get a picture. Genesis chapter 30, Jacob is with Laban and he's trying to, he's working this whole deal with Laban about inheritance and all that stuff. And he says, listen, and Laban says, what, what can I do for you? He says, don't do anything. What I want you to do is promise me the spotted and the speckled of the flock. Laban says, all right. And so they take out all the spotted and speckled uh, moms and dads of the flock, you know. So it's like no chance. You're never going to have any inheritance. So he starts peeling off rods and bushes and stuff, and he, he puts up spotted and speckled. So every time those, the, the, the flocks come to feed and drink, they're looking at spotted and speckled, spotted and speckled, spotted and speckled. In other words, he's getting them to conceive something different. He's conceiving something different. Listen, find out a picture of marriage, of your what your child looks like serving God, uh, of what it looks like to fulfill the vision that God has. Put it somewhere. Look at it day and night, night and day. Begin to meditate on it day and night, night and day so that you can begin to conceive in your own thinking this is what it looks like to be totally healed. This is what it looks like to stand before these people who have intimidated me in the past and stand boldly to do what God wants me to do. What does it look like, me having that spirit of power and of love and of a well-disciplined mind instead of feeling intimidated by the world? What does that look like? Ask yourself, what does that look like? And begin to conceive what that looks like. Whatever your situation is, whatever God is speaking to you about that looks overwhelming. And if it doesn't look overwhelming, it's probably not him. Oh God, you don't have to talk to me anymore. I got this. God's gonna start saying, and you're gonna go, how can this be so? So I just want you to conceive it. Proverbs 29:18 says, Without a vision, people perish. Other translations say, without a word from God, people wander aimlessly. Another translation says, without a prophetic word, People cast off restraint. In other words, you can go into 2022 and wander aimlessly and come out at the end and say, I have no idea how I got here. Just thank God we're at the end of the year. Or you can let the word of God meditate on it, create vision for you and direction and restraint and say, I know exactly where God's taken me. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And at the beginning, you'll say, how can this be so? But he says, you can't do what I'm about to. To perform and grow in you without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that was her question. She said, How could this be so? I might be able to conceive this child, but I don't know how this is gonna happen. He said, The Holy Spirit and His power will come upon you and overshadow you. See, if you just determine, Okay, God, I'll do it, I'll make that happen, I'll strive to do that. He said, You'll always come up short. But the moment you look and you know it's too big for you and you don't know, God, how am I going to do this? And then pause. He'll say, the Holy Spirit going to empower you to do what I've called you to do. Which means as we pray, we begin to understand that praying in the Spirit is not something that is a moniker outside of our door. We're not just born again and filled with the Spirit, but we're filled with the Holy Spirit with divine purpose. To pray in the Spirit, to edify, to build up, to strengthen our inner man. That as our inner man becomes strengthened for the call of God, we know that it's not us, but the power of God moving through us, which is what the Apostle Paul said. The treasure that I have in earthen vessels is not of me, it's of God. What I'm accomplishing for the kingdom of God is not in my own strength, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has things for us to do that are not by your own might, not by your own power, but by the Spirit of God, which will make all the difference in the world. So you have to know that you're highly favored of God, number one. Number two, you have to be able to conceive the promise that he's birthing on the inside of you. Number three, you have to be able to believe and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. Or receive, excuse me, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Fourth, you have to begin to believe what's about to take place in and through your life. Mary said, here I am. Be it unto me according to your word. How often do we hear something from God and immediately we try to figure it out or we try to rationalize or we say, I can never do that. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have effort. Stop. Know that you're favorite of God. Meditate on it until you can see it. Know that you can't do it and receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do it and then begin to meditate, declare it, confess it, and say, be it unto me according to your word. And watch the power of the Holy Spirit begin to form and develop something on the inside of you concerning vision. And see what he's about to do through you to cause people to know about Jesus. It may be you stretching forth your hand to heal. It may be the right word at the right time. It may be taking something to a neighbor. It may be encountering someone that you... uh, Otherwise, would never encounter or be bold enough to encounter it. Maybe the people at work that you begin to look at and, and see, wow, there's something here that I need to do, something to begin to pray about, something to begin to say, God, what do you want to do through me to affect people? Now, what do you want to do for me this year? But what do you want to do through me this year? Because in order for him to do things through you, he'll do stuff to you. So listen, I'm good where I'm at. I don't need God doing anything to me. Well, listen, if you want God to do stuff for you, he's going to have to do something to you. Otherwise, we'll tap out. Come on, too many Christians tapping out with life. I've had enough. Not tapping out and going to heaven, just tapping out of what God's called them to do. God wants us to bring it through to fruition. So once we start believing it, grasping it with all of our heart, then we have to carry it through carry it through. Mary had to receive it, conceived by the Holy Spirit, receive it as the Lord had said. Then she had to carry Jesus for nine months until he was born. So often we quit ahead of time. As you're praying, as you see that, begin to ask God, what is the gestation period of this promise? (laughs) Come on. How long is it going to take this promise to form? Because some of it You're partly there, and it won't take too long. And there will be another thing that's conceived, and he'll say, this will take a little bit more time. Either he's setting up a divine situation for you that'll take time, or you're just too stubborn, and it's going to take a little bit of time. (laughs) But there will be a process, as Pastor Tasha said last week. There's a promise, and then there's a process. Don't quit on the process. Thank God Mary didn't quit on the process. Thank God Mary didn't abort the plan of God, that she carried it all the way through to fruition and brought Jesus the Savior of mankind. And though he's come and we celebrate Christmas and the birth of the baby in the manger, still others even that celebrate that will not know him as Savior until you show up with what God has done in you to bring the knowledge of that salvation, healing, deliverance, freedom, wholeness, and prosperity to them carry it all the way through till the manifestation of the promise is known and experienced through salvation by somebody around you. I believe 2022 is going to be a tremendous year if we'll allow God to birth something in us because we're favored by him. We're his sons and his daughters, that we can conceive the largeness of the plan and in conceiving that, no, we can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. But once we know the Holy Spirit will help us, we say, yes. Yes, I can see it. I can do it with his help. And then we carry it through and we see lives eternally changed. Get our hearts set looking around at people around us, people in our community, people that we work with, Ask God, where, what? As you pray and you begin to look into the new year, I just encourage you, one of the main things to do is look and find people around you, your family, your friends, the people that you work with, who doesn't know Jesus. Put them down and begin to pray for them. I believe as you begin to pray for them, vision will begin to come, because you'll be praying in line with God's heartbeat. Listen, if we're in the last of the last days, how many of you believe we're in the last of the last days? Some of you aren't sure. Some of you are sure. Those of you that are sure. Those of you who are not sure, it still applies to you, but you have a little bit of leeway because you're not sure. But if you're sure that we're in the last of the last days, Jesus could come anytime because everything else is fulfilled but the gospel being preached, and you got people around you who don't know Jesus, let's get on the gospel being preached to every creature. He may give you different ways, different ideas, different strategies to reach out to them. Those are going to be things that are conceived in you. Don't balk at them. Don't go, it, it, I, I don't see how this can happen. Let him show you how it can happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. Begin to see your situation change. Begin to see those people. <laughs> Come on, that cantankerous person. Come on, some of you in here, you don't know this, but you are someone's least likely to ever get saved. i pastored long enough. Before you came in and got saved, somebody said, I have this person I work with. Oh my God, they're the least likely person in the world to get saved. And here you are, saved. Why? Because though somebody saw you as the least likely, God saw you as the most likely. Because God doesn't look at the outward man and the things that you've done, the mistakes that you've made. He looks at the heart. And some people who have made enormous mistakes, they did it searching to fill that spot. And God says, I can fill it. So when we look and see what God sees, man, it's going to be miraculous. And there will be nothing, you'll find nothing, quite as fulfilling in your life. It's the moment you've seen that person, you've prayed for them, you've had opportunity, that gift unfolds, and you pray for them to make Jesus the Lord of their life. When they pray that prayer, and you know they just pass from death to life, they'll spend forever with G- ever with him, because you allowed God to do something in you that changed how you looked at things, how you responded, how you allowed the Holy Spirit to work that totally transformed somebody's life for eternity, you'll go, I'm in forever. Who's next? And we'll see a harvest come in like we've prayed about, but we've not yet seen. An effect on the people around you, and in that effect, it will affect workplaces, it'll affect hospitals, it'll affect neighborhoods. If we just begin to pray, be bold enough to allow God to develop something in us that he's promised in changing our life, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to cause us to come to a place of faith and carry it to fruition, knowing that it's not just for us, but it's something God wants to do in us and through us to change somebody's life who otherwise may never know Jesus. Are you all in? Really, if that's all the in we are, we might have a little trouble. Are you all in? Yes. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you for your goodness, your mercy that endures forever. I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, in this place, you know what you have planned for every single person. You know they're beginning from the end. You know what the enemy would plot to do and what he has already done. But you know God has a divine plan. So we ask you to begin to work and reveal, speak to every heart and every life, to open up and show them that there's greater things ahead. They'll yield to your will, to your power, to develop in them all that you have placed there. They might grow, be changed and transformed to be lights, to be salt to those around them. And we rejoice and give thanks, even now, for what will take place and the lives that will be changed and the bodies that will be healed and the bound that will be delivered, and the loss that will be saved because of what each one allows you to bring forth in their life. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Staff, they are sharing. I just, you know, you may not know. You may say, "I, I want to move forward. I don't know about all this stuff. This all begins with the revelation of Jesus Christ, that baby in the manger, why he came, to break the power of sin over your life, to come live in your heart so that you can have a close, intimate, personal relationship with God and with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. He said it doesn't just happen because you come to church. He says it happens when you acknowledge you can't do it by yourself, that Jesus came to set you free. You lay down your life and say, you know what? Thank you for saving me through the death of the cross. Now I ask you to be the Lord of my life, because I believe that not only did you die, but you raised from the dead so I could be forgiven, made right with God, receive his inheritance. You begin a great journey and begin a process of the life of God beginning to develop and transform your life into what God intended for you. If you're here today, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. It's a great day to be able to make him the Lord of your life and celebrate the best Christmas you've ever celebrated. Anyone at all, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, just raise your hand up. I want to pray with you this morning. Anybody at all, we just wanna, don't want to leave without giving you that opportunity. I believe as we move forward, you're going to be sharing with people, and they're going to be in here raising their hand just because they know they need Jesus. Anybody at all? I see that hand right there. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody want to join this one? Make Jesus the Lord of their life. Hallelujah. Well, let's join with this one. Let's pray. As you raise your hand, just pray this from your heart. Mm -hmm. Say, Father God, God, I come to you this morning laying down my life, life. the way that I do things, and yielding my life to you. you. I believe that you died for my sin. God raised you from the dead dead. so that I could be forgiven and and made righteous. So this morning... I ask, you, Jesus, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, there's going to be some people up here, and they just want to give you a little packet, about three mini books. It will help you know that decision that you made and start a life in relationship with Jesus And if you make this your church home, we envelop you. If you have to go somewhere else, we just want to give you some materials to get your life started in that relationship. Explain that you've been engrafted into Christ, have a divine relationship. But we're so glad for you. Never a better situation, never a better decision ever made by a person than to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Old things are passed away. Everything has become new. All sin forgiven. Brand new. Start in life. Amen. So if you'd come up here, just tell them. I prayed that prayer for the first time. They'll give you that gift, and uh, we rejoice with you. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Be seated for just a moment. As I said last week, we're going to receive uh, an offering for our missionaries, special, uh, a Christmas bonus offering. So some of you I know have already prayed and prepared. If you haven't, um, uh, we, we, every year we give them a bonus. They go into other countries. They obey God. We have uh, Seth and Shelley in Croatia. They're, they're living there right now. Uh, we have missions in, in Peru, uh, in Kathmandu, um, different places around the world. We have uh, missionaries that we have on our college campuses um, here in Colorado. Uh, they've gone out and they're ministering to college students on a regular basis. That's a, a true mission field. And so we want to bless them. They live off of support, uh, not off of uh, a job. And so we want to uh, be able to bless them at Christmas time. You always do a great job. You people are so generous. We have some some of the most generous givers. We appreciate you so much. And so we want to do that for them. Once again, this year, if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're given by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're given by text, the number's up there. Um, Go on the website and give that way. Just market missions. Um, I think on the website and on the uh, app and stuff, it just says missions. So if you just put missions, all the mission stuff will go to their bonus this this week. So if you want to give monthly to missions, might save that till next week. Everything that we have, because I don't think you can put missions bonus on that electronic stuff. Um, but here, if you're writing check, put missions bonus on it. We want to make sure that we get it all out to them, and uh, it'll be a great blessing. Okay? Let's pray. You guys ready? Father, we thank you for our missionaries, God. We thank you for their desire to leave things behind and go into the world and preach the gospel, to train up leaders, to equip them in their own nation to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We Thank you for protecting them, overshadowing them every day, equipping them to do what they have Set themselves in obedience to do for the kingdom of God. Because you haven't called us to go, you've called them, but you've blessed us. We want to be a blessing to them. So, Father, as each one uh, gets in their heart something to give to our missionaries, I declare over their life right now your blessing and your word. It will be given back to them, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men given into their bosom. We declare the blessings of all the word of God to come upon them and overtake them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Go ahead and pass those buckets. If you want to see me after church, me a charter member of Old Lives Matter. um, Let me know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm I'm not really starting a movement. Um, Praise the Lord. I want. I do want to thank everybody um, who pray has been praying for my dad. He's doing better, and uh, may be able to go home this sometime this week. We're just running some tests, but anyway, uh, I know it got out there, and I thank you all for praying. We can sense your prayers, and uh, he's getting better. So thank you very much. Praise the Lord! Why don't you stand up? Say. Th-